أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد عن سيدنا أبي مسعود رضي الله تعالى عنه قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يمسح بمناكبنا يمسح مناكبنا في الصلاة يقول استووا ولا تختلفوا فتختلف قلوبكم ليليني منكم أولو الأحلام والنهى ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم رواه مسلم سيدنا أبو مسعود رضي الله تعالى عنه عقبة بن عامر البدري رضي الله تعالى عنه he said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to <coughs> brush our shoulders uh, uh, in salah, meaning when we would stand for the salah, right before it would start. And he would say, straighten, straighten your rows and don't, uh, uh, don't be misaligned in the rows. Otherwise, your hearts will be misaligned. Uh, and let those uh, uh, who are the people of forbearance and the people of intelligence stand closest to me. Uh, and then uh, behind them, let those who have uh, the second most intelligence and forbearance stand behind them. And then those uh, 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 who follow them in order uh, all the way back. And it's a hadith narrated by uh, Imam Muslim. So the idea of the rows being straight is a sunnah. It's not merely something that uh, grumpy uncles and aunties uh, uh, force you to do in the masjid. Rather, it is a act of worship itself and it's part of the salat. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, he warned that if the rows are not straight when you, when you stand for the salat, uh, uh, you are in peril of the hearts being uh, uh, brought out of alignment. Uh, and if that's the case for the rose being crooked in Salat, then what do you think the case is for the Ummah when people don't pray in the first place? Uh, this is a, a way of invoking the help of Allah Ta'ala on the Jama'ah that the rose should not be, the rose should not be crooked. So he says, فَتَخْتَلِفَ قُلُوبُكُمْ uh, And a different wording is used in, a, in another hadith that we're going to read uh, in just a, a small amount of time. So what does it mean, تَخْتَلِفَ قُلُوبُكُمْ that if your uh, rows don't stand straight, then your hearts will be out of alignment as well. And uh, this, is, this is very problematic. The Sahaba anhum had many <coughs> varying tribes that they came from different, different uh, socioeconomic status, different uh, ethnic backgrounds, some of them. Uh, but the hearts were in different fiqh opinions about things, but the hearts were in line. And uh, the punishment for not keeping the rows straight uh, or the peril for not keeping the row straight in, in the salat is what? Is that the hearts will come out of alignment. And then the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Liyalini, meaning what? Liyalini is the lamb for Amr lil ghaib. It's an imperative form, it's a command form, but uh, uh, it is the, the, the person giving the command is 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 uh, uh, is abstract or obscure, 
So it says, let, let the ones who are closest to me be who? Be ulul ahlam. Who are the people of hilm? People of hilm are forbearant. The people of hilm are the pe- people of patience. The people of hilm are the people who don't get angry quickly. Uh, hilm is uh, described as what? As being al anatu. Uh, anat is the idea that when something goes wrong, you don't freak out right away. When something goes wrong, you don't freak out right away. Rather, you uh, uh, you think about things, and it doesn't mean that you don't react. This is one uh, misconception people have that somehow spirituality means you don't react to anything. You know, you, people can do whatever. You just turn the other cheek. Uh, that is not a uh, that is not a concept that we have as Muslims. But you don't freak out and react right away. You only react once you know exactly what you're going to do and that that thing is the best thing to do. And if in doubt, it's better to be patient and to think about it one more time. If you need to ask, then ask somebody for their uh, ask somebody for their uh, 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 advice and opinion. Uh, you think about things, and this is, I think, something especially people who, when they're first uh, becoming religious or they're new to religiosity or new to the deen, uh, which is a lot of us, even those of us who are. Born as Muslims, we're new to the deen. Much of it is foreign. You can grow up in a Muslim country, and so many of the Sunnahs of the Prophet so you never heard of before. You never they're they're original, they're fresh to you, they're new to you. I remember once, <coughs> I uh, I had my my uh, uh, my my uh, my shawl uh, when I went into the masjid to give the Jum'ah khutbah, and a brother comes to me and says, "What's that?" I go, "It's a shawl." He goes, "Why are you wearing it?" I said, it's a sunnah. He's like, well, I never heard of that before. I've been Muslim for 10 years. I go, there's a hadith in Tirmizi. He goes, what's Tirmizi? I said, there you go. MashaAllah. You know, uh, uh, not to say, you know, not to mock a person because there's nothing. And you shouldn't mock people if they don't know. What you should do if they don't know is you should tell them. But pretending like you know something uh, when you know, that's like, it's, it's, if there was anything worthy of mockery, it's far closer to being worthy of mockery than saying, I don't know. Saying, I don't know is a sign of a person's uh, in, intellect because they may not know right now, but with that type of attitude, they'll learn a lot of things very quickly. Uh, whereas the person who's like, uh, you know, who, who, who assumes that they should know something, uh, especially because of their ethnic background or their linguistical background or uh, whatever. I've had people, I've had people like blast me uh, on things. Uh, just because they don't know Arabic grammar and then they'll shout and scream, I'm an Arab, I'm an Arab. I said, you're an Arab in the falafel shawarma sense. I cannot help you otherwise in terms of, in terms of grammar. Um, so, anat is what? Just wait. It's okay. Someone says something, you think it's crazy, you can wait. Someone says something, you don't have to blast them right away on Facebook and on, on, on Twitter. You don't have to blast them right away in the masjid. Just wait. Go home. Ask, look in your books again. If it's as wrong as you think it is, you know, tomorrow, mashallah, there's like 24 hours in which you can blast away. Uh, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to react right now. If you know, if you're already certain, that's fine. That's a different, it's a different scenario. But uh, <coughs> not letting anybody else uh, like rattle you right away. This is, this is a, a part of good character. So hilm is like patience in the sense that it, it, it has... Uh, 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 it requires a component of patience, but it's a composite between a number of different, a number of different virtues. One is that you're you don't you don't get rattled into acting without knowing what you're about to do. Your reaction can be severe as well. 
Again, it doesn't, you know, hilm doesn't mean that you're just like a, uh, like a big, like, you know, jelly bean. People just come poke you and nothing happens. You can, your reaction can be severe as well. It's just that whatever it is, it is not done in haste and it's not done in provocation. Rather, you're completely in control. If you throw a rock into like a little kiddie pool of water, what's going to happen? You know, it's going to send ripples through it. If you throw a rock into the ocean, nothing happens. So uh, uh, that's what hilm is. And then nuha is what? Nuha is a word in Arabic uh, 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 language meaning intellect. And the, uh, the, the, I guess the root, the original meaning of the root is to, to forbid something or stop something, right? Like nahi anil munkar. Nahi is, uh, is the word for, uh, for, for prohibition. And uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the meaning of nuha is what? The person who has, uh, who has like a sound intellect. And it's really interesting. Nuha... And uh, 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 aql, the word aql, which is another word that's commonly used for the intellect, both of them have a meaning of restraint. That you're smart, you can think about stuff, you restrain yourself from behaving in certain ways. If you're an idiot, you will do things that are stupid. If you're smart, you'll restrain yourself from that. Because people have all sorts of impulses. A lot of people, they act on their first impulse, oh, that's shiny, I like it. You know, that smells good, that looks nice, that tastes good, and they just act on that, that first impulse. Aql, intellect, nuha, intellect is the, uh, uh, the ability to what? To not be swayed by your first impulse, uh, and to be able to then uh, consider and ponder over what you're about to do. Uh, is it actually beneficial or not? Because there are many things that may feel good at first glance, but it's a dumb idea. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very stupid idea. And uh, Allah uh, forgive us and protect us. This is the human condition. Everyone is part, part animal, and animals do stuff like that. They cannot, you know, a dog can't. They say a dog can't tell the difference between Kool Aid and antifreeze, um, and really shouldn't drink either of them. But definitely not the antifreeze. Uh, so, <coughs> uh, the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentions what liyalini minkum ulul ahlami wa that the people of the people of Hilm, the people who are deliberate and considerate in, in the way they behave, and the people of intellect, let the ones with the most of those characteristics and qualities stand the closest to me. And then the row behind them, uh, 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 those who have slightly less than the row behind them, those who have slightly less than that. Um, and so this is not only a commandment that the Ahlul Fadl should stand in the, uh, in the, in the front. There should be, uh, you know, it should, it should be an expectation that those people, the Ahlul Ilm, the people of knowledge, they should stand in the front. Nowadays, even the person giving the Jummah Khutbah doesn't come to the masjid except for on Friday. But uh, the, uh, the idea is what? Is that the people who have some status in the society uh, in terms of the deen of Allah Ta'ala, they should be the ones who should uh, be expected to be in the front. Especially the people who stand right behind the Imam. Uh, uh, nobody should stand right behind the imam who is like a child. Nobody should stand right behind the imam who doesn't come in the comportment of the imam. You know, there, they should, there should be an expectation that it's like, you know, uh, someone at least who is a hafiz of Quran or somebody who has some basic knowledge uh, or whoever from the jama'ah is most qualified to lead the jama'ah in case the imam is incapacitated. For one, the practical reason that the imam may become incapacitated and unable to finish the prayer. So the, 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 the couple of people behind the imam should be like, like the co-pilots that can land the salat safely. The second reason is what? 
is because the person who's behind the imam affects, affects the imam as well. Their hal affects the imam's hal. If they don't have wudu or they didn't make wudu properly, it will cause tashwish uh, and uh, uh, confusion for the uh, imam. It will make the, 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 the salat difficult. So uh, oftentimes it's a haq of the imam to move people. That, that if someone is behind the imam that really shouldn't be there, he can move them to the side or move them back a row. And, uh, uh, you know, people get offended by this type of stuff uh, sometimes. Uh, I've heard stories about people, you know, like, uh, especially if like one of the muhaqqiq ulama is uh, an imam. In America, the masjid is like Walmart, you know, people expect customer service, you know. And so if anything happens that slightly hurts their feelings, they'll make a documentary about it, about how masajid in America are horrible and how we need to like just have some sort of like, uh, you know, masajids are horrible and we need to like throw a revolution and like burn Islam down because, you know, someone said something stupid to me in the masjid. And, uh, uh, you know, people used to do dumb things even with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A man literally walked into the masjid and urinated. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa didn't make a, a documentary about it. Rather, he covered the man's fault and, 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 you know. And the thing is this, right? So those people who are making the documentaries are like, yeah, look, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa covered his fault. He didn't just yell at him. It goes both ways. You know, it goes both ways. If anything, making a documentary about the house of Allah Ta'ala and casting it in a neg negative light is what? It's an escalation. Uh, so whoever made it, I'm sure they have make those types of things and those types of statements. It's not just one person. I'm sure they had the best of intentions, but perhaps a little bit of understanding and deliberation would have led them to a better uh, outcome. Um, I know, by the way, the masajid that, that, that such documentaries are filmed in, and I know what happened to them afterward and... You know, I, I wonder how much benefit happened at any rate. But coming back to this issue is that, uh, you know, the imam has the haq to move people around, especially the people who are standing, the two or three people who are standing immediately behind him. Uh, <coughs> uh, he has the haq to move them around. If you don't want to be, if you don't, if you don't like being uh, embarrassed or uh, humiliated, then if you're like, uh, uh, you know, the clean shaven and shorts and a t-shirt, don't stand right behind the imam. Save your own dignity, stand on the side. Someone yells at you from the side or from the back row. I'll take I'll take your side. That you know you should calm down and treat that person better. But don't 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 stand right behind the by, by the behind the imam. Uh, why? Because this is a sunnah of the Prophet The flip side of this coin is what is that those people? It's an obligation on them also to to take their place uh, and not just roll into the uh, salat like after rakah three is done. Uh, rather, they should take their place and. Part of the problem is what? Is that people think giving the khutbah is important where they don't understand that the, the salat, even in Jummah, the salat is more important than the khutbah. Uh, people think that giving talks is important or uh, uh, you know, doing other stuff, is the salat is important. The salat is the most important part of the deen. If somebody uh, you know, uh, wishes to debate that fact, they can listen to the last couple of Riyal Sahin Durus. The Prophet Wasallam is very clear that the salat is the most important component of the deen. Uh, and so if that's the case, spend your, your capital in doing the Salat well. The rest of the things, uh, uh, you know, your, uh, 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 your efforts are, are not completely useless, but they are diminishing returns when, when the Salat itself is not done properly. So those people should be, you know, th those who consider themselves to be those people, they should demonstrate it by, by being in the first row. And uh, uh, <coughs> on the flip side, you know, in the masjid, it should, it should be natural, like, you know, that those people, if they step forward, don't try to joust them for that position. Uh, if if, if uh, people like you and me are not, are not there yet. Then those who are like, likewise uh, in, in, uh, in declining order, uh, those people with those two qualities, 
should then be behind the imam. وعن سيدنا أنس رضي الله تعالى عنهم قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سووا صفوفكم فإن تسوية الصف من تمام الصلاة متفق عليه وفي رواية للبخاري فإن تسوية فإن تسوية الصفوف من إقامة الصلاة. سيدنا أنس بن مالك رضي الله تعالى عنه narrates that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said straighten your rows because the straightening of the row is from the perfection of the, the Salat. And in the wording uh, that Bukhari narrates from, it's a hadith both of Bukhari and Muslim, uh, Rasulullah said that indeed the straightening of the rows is from the establishment of the prayer. <coughs> the, 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 the matter of note here is that what? Straightening the rows is actually an act of worship. Uh, it's not just an aesthetic consideration like the chandelier is or how fancy the carpet is or any of those things. وعنه رضي الله تعالى عنه قال أقيمت الصلاة فأقبل علينا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بوجهه فقال أقيموا صفوفكم وتراسوا فإني أراكم من وراء ظهري رواه البخاري بلفظه ومسلم بمعناه وفي رواية للبخاري وكان أحدنا يلزق منكبه بمنكب صاحبه وقدمه Sayyidina Anas bin Malik also narrates that <coughs> once the prayer was called uh, to stand and the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam turned to us uh, uh, with, his, uh, uh, with, with his Mubarak face sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he said uh, 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 straighten uh, your rows wa uh, tarasu and uh, 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 lock ranks and lock ranks uh, ras uh, means to for for things to uh, to come together inna allah yuhibbu inna allah yuhibbu alladhina yuqatiluna fi sabilihi ka'annahum bunyanun marsus that allah ta'ala loves those who fight in his path uh, 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 as if they are a a a building where like the 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 the, the Beams interlock with one another like a closed wall, like the bricks are like their bricks are not put um, in line. Rather, they're staggered. They're locked into they're locked into one another. So you cannot tell where one uh, uh, where one line starts and the other line ends. They're interlocked with with one another. Um, and so he says. So he says. What tarasu? He says. So the sufu should be straight and they should be uh, locked in with one another. Right. One of the 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 words that that you have with the same meaning. I'm sorry, with the same root as uh, uh, rasas, right? What does rasas mean? <coughs> In the modern language, one of the meanings of rasas is like a pistol, right? Mm, yeah, right? Yeah. But uh, the, 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 a classic, the classical meaning of rasas is what? Is lead. And I don't know for sure. But my guess is that one of the reasons that they call the pistol the rasas is because of because the bullet, right? Uh, the slug is made out of lead. Yeah. But uh, the you know lead is from all the metals. It's one of the ones that's very has a very low melting temperature. Obviously, mercury has a lower melting temperature, but it's so low as to make it useless uh, for for metal work. So if you want to solder, uh, if you want to solder things, um, you know. Uh, you have to, or so you, what you do is you take two pieces of metal 
or lead, and then you'll take or sorry, two pieces of like metal iron or something like that, and then you'll put lead in the joint in order to connect them together. Uh, and so what is it? Like it's like it all melts together. It all melts together. Wallahu <coughs> alam. Uh, so he says, he says that straighten your rows and uh, uh, interlock, uh, uh, meaning close the ranks. And the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, because he said sallallahu alayhi wa because I see you behind my, behind my back. Uh, and this is something that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had uh, uh, sensory perception beyond what was normal. And uh, one of the explanations is that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam could see behind him. Wallahu alam, Allah Ta'ala knows best. I don't, I don't feel it's beyond the realm of possibility. However, uh, there are other hadith in which it's uh, mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ would say, like, I don't know what's behind that wall. Uh, and so uh, the tatbiq or the reconciliation of, uh, of these things uh, uh, that, that occurs to me is oftentimes the Messenger of Allah ﷺ is talking about things using words, but that there are no actual words to describe. So when that's the case, that he's using words, that there's no actual words to describe those things, then approximations are going to be used. And so, <coughs> uh, uh, again, like I said, I don't discount the possibility that maybe this was a miracle Allah Ta'ala gave him that he could see behind him. There are a number of other uh, more miraculous things than that we believe about the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which he demonstrated at, at different times. Uh, however, uh, uh, you know, the spiritual effect of the, the congregants behind the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it's mentioned many times that he would feel it when he would pray. So, uh, like for example, one time he mentions Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the people behind him, he asked them, did you make wudu properly? How did you make wudu? It turned out they didn't make it properly. So the, the, the ill effect of that, I feel it in the Salat. So uh, this is one of the reasons that it's, it's a sunnah for the people behind the Imam to also be people of knowledge. So it doesn't, A1 is that, like we said, so they can take over the Salat if the Imam is incapacitated. And the second one is that so that their ill preparation for the Salat doesn't affect the Imam. Why? Because the Imam is like the bottleneck. The Salat is a, 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 a ritual act of worship that occurs in order for, uh, in order for this nur of, uh, from Allah Ta'ala to uh, come down on the entire congregation and is dispersed through the Imam. This is a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu that your Imam is your intercessor. So be careful who you choose uh, as your Imam. And another hadith, uh, 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 let the let the person who leads your prayer be the best of you, and let the person who calls the adhan be just any of you. Right? So that there's not such a strict, a strict, uh, a strict uh, uh, condition on who's the muaddin. Why? Because who the muaddin is doesn't affect doesn't affect the 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 musalli. Whereas who the imam is affects the musalli. So it's possible that you know when the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says says that straighten your straighten your rows and interlock close close ranks. Uh, the meaning is because I see behind me, I can see behind my back, means that the effect of, of, of the rose being crooked, he feels it in the Salat Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and Allah Ta'ala knows best. And again, like I said, I don't discount the, the other possibility as well. وَفِي رِوَايَةِ لِلْبُخَارِ وَكَانَ أَحَدُنَا يُلْزِقُ مَنْكِبَهُ بِمَنْكِبِ صَاحِبِهِ وَقَدَمَهُ بِقَدَمِهِ The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he made this commandment for the salat and Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu says in, in some words that are there in the, the narration of Bukhari that uh, <coughs> uh, and I believe this is a ta'liq I don't think this is actually a, 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 um, Wallahu alam khair 
so uh, 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 Allah knows best. So he said that that we would be so concerned about the straightness of the rows and about the closing of the uh, 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 of the of the gaps that uh, the um, that we would make sure that we are shoulder to shoulder and foot to foot. We'd make sure that we are shoulder to shoulder and, and, and foot to foot. And so he says that we would we we would make sure that the shoulders touch the shoulders. And that uh, uh, the 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 feet touch the feet. Now, what does this mean? A a very literalist reading of this would mean what? That the uh, 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 that it's a sunnah to touch your feet with the feet of the person next to you in the salat. Many of the fuqaha say that this is not this is not actually a sunnah. A literalist reading of this hadith would indicate that it is. If somebody believes that and they want to practice that, that's fine. I won't completely dis, dis, discounted out of hand but uh, uh, you know I've heard this from a great number of uh, of the, the the fuqaha including mufti uh, uh, Saeed Ahmed Balanpuri it's different than whatever the like dozen muftis we have in our in Lombard or in Villa Park in Glendale Heights right with all due respect to them he's the he's the he's the he's the Sheikh al-Hadith of uh, the Darulum and Deoband he's a muhaqqiq individual he's a person like you know there are not many people who have you know can claim that they've taught uh, the Mishkat like you know over a dozen times and taught the uh, Bukhari over a dozen times and etc etc and people these are people who are uh, uh, they, they, they studied from the best and they are the best and they've been at it for some some time so he mentions this he mentions that the 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 <coughs> wording with regarding the the feet being with the feet is 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 what it was a a, a check before the Salat at the time of the iqamah to make sure that the row is straight. Because the uh, all the imams agree that a person when they stand in the salat, that they should uh, stand in a position that's natural to them. It shouldn't be unnatural. So when you stand with your, because you know when a person normally stands, we can do this, let's have a practical, practical, uh, you know, experiment. Because we're mashallah, all scientific people, so we like to practice. Go ahead and stand up. Stand normally, stand comfortably. Like you normally would stand, like you're just waiting for a train or whatever. Okay, so see where the outside of your shoulders are and then look down. Are your feet really that wide? Nobody naturally stands that way. <coughs> the idea was what? That they would put the, they would put the feet out just to make sure that the, 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 the ankles touch with one another and, and the row is straight. And then afterward they would, they would stand normally again and the shoulders touch the shoulders. And so what happens, you can have a seat again. So what happens is that, that uh, uh, you know, so there'll be somebody at the masjid who's like a little bit, you know, kind of hyper, like they heard the hadith and they're like hyper excited to implement that. First of all, because this is not a fiqh dars, okay? Uh, uh, that's something, you know, fine, if their madhab says that or if that's what their understanding of this hadith is, that's fine. We, we tolerate differences of opinion, right? This is not difference of opinion in the sense that like someone's like, hey, you know, Imam Hanifa said this, but I follow Tupac in my, you know, madhab or whatever, right? I follow Tupac in my fiqh or I follow... Jay-Z in my fiqh, which is probably would be kufr. But, uh, 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 you know, that's not what it is. It's a hadith. That's how they understood it. Even if they understood it wrong, that's how they understood it. We'll tolerate that much. This is a dars about what? It's a dars about tasawwuf. So the fact that somebody has this much eagerness to follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, forget about what it means about their limbs. The fiqh may actually be wrong. But inside of your heart, it should make you happy that there's a person who has has uh, is avid to follow the sunnah. Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't hate on the, those people. Don't mock them. It's easy to do sometimes. But don't mock them. 
Uh, this is something very strange. It's very interesting how how uh, tasawwuf, especially the the formalized practice of tasawwuf that was in the uh, that was in the <coughs> I guess the classical age of Islam, with tariqa and murshid and bay'ah and all of these things. Um, uh, the Indian subcontinent actually has a anti-madhab, anti-taqlid tradition that's older than that of uh, uh, Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab in the Arabian Peninsula. In fact, uh, uh, it's you know been suggested by many academics that perhaps it's the 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 Indian muhaddithin, a number of whom were the teachers of Muhammad bin Abdul Wahab, that that meant much of his uh, fikr may have been influenced by them, although he definitely took it to another level. So the idea of having non-conformist uh, <coughs> scholars in terms of their fiqh, this is something that has that, that definitely never been uh, mainstream in the subcontinent, but that, that tradition has been there and it's very old. So they call them the Ahlul Hadith, um, and they basically read through the Hadith and they make their fiqh uh, uh, as close to the literal wording of the Hadith as, as possible. One of the really interesting cultural uh, uh, issues in the subcontinent is that we had those people that deny and reject the madhabs to the point where they'll uh, uh, they'll say weird things like like you know making taqlid and following the madhahib is is shirk because you should only follow Allah and His Rasul which is a an excess uh, to say the least. So they were that strongly uh, strongly against madhahib, but they never had a problem with with with, with the, the formal practice of tasawwuf. So they would also have sheikhs, they would take bay'ah with them, they would make zikr, they would do all of those things. It didn't, the idea that this is somehow a bid'ah never occurred to them. And I feel like this is probably the case with Ibn, Ibn al-Qayyim and Ibn Taymiyyah as well. Uh, because they were Hanabila and Shah Abdul Qadir Jailani was a, a very respected uh, personage of the Hanbali Madhab and they only speak posit- positively about about him as well. And I think this is a this kind of pairing of like rejecting tasawwuf, the f- classical practice of tasawwuf entirely. Obviously Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Qayyim had objections to particular practices, but in general they didn't just say that those people are all misguided or whatever. I, I think that this is more of a modern issue. So Sheikh uh, al-Hadith, uh, Sheikh uh, al-Hadith, Hazrat Sheikh Mawlana Zakaria rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala kandalawi. Uh, Allah Ta'ala have mercy on him. I think he passed away in 1981 or 83 or something like that. Uh, uh, um, uh, he was in his age the uh, the preeminent of the muhaddithin of the subcontinent, if not uh, in the world. And uh, uh, it, 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 what would happen is that the uh, the uh, uh, Ahlul Hadith students of knowledge would come to him to read Hadith from him. Why? Because he was a master of Hadith. And so when they would come <coughs> to Saharanpur, they knew that the Sheikh is a hardcore Hanafi, so they would hide their 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 kind of like Salafi leaning fiqh practices, like the Amin out loud and the you know Rafa Yadain and all these other t- typical practices of the, the Athari, Athari Madahib. And so they would take dars from him for a long time, and then they would start to love him for his knowledge and for his adab, his character, and then they would take the tariqah from him as well. And then he would find out when they would tell him, like, you know, they're like, you know, you'd ask him, how are you? And like, what are your spiritual uh, ahwal? What is your spiritual condition? And this and that in order to give them guidance or, on, the, on the path. Um, so they would say, they would fess up. They'd say, well, we're really just, you know, we're really nonconformists. We came to study because we just wanted to learn hadith from you. And then whatever. So we ended up taking bay'ah. And so they would, they would then practice the Hanafi madhab in order to make their sheikh happy. And this is one of the really... Uh, Again, strange things is that the Shaykh, uh, he would say to them, he would say, listen, 
I follow the Hanafi school because I feel like this is the most close and authentic representation of the Sunnah. He says, as a person who is uh, uh, here to give you spiritual advice, because as a faqih, I completely disagree with your, your madhab and its methodology. However, you ca- if you come to me in the capacity of somebody who's asking spiritual advice, he would, he would say he would say that spiritually is very harmful for you to give up something that you think is a sunnah of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, just for, for my sake. For the sake of pleasing your shaykh or for the sake of conforming with your shaykh. So I'm not saying what you did, what you, your practices is a sunnah. But if you in your heart believe it's a sunnah, it is spiritually harmful for you to, to abandon it, uh, to follow somebody else. Uh, and this is, this is an important insight. So next time you see a lot of people hate, you know, next time you see someone putting their foot up on your foot, it's gross sometimes. You're like, I don't want, you look at the person's foot, you're like, I don't want to touch your foot, right? <laughs> I get that. But like at any rate, inside your heart, you should be happy that even if the person you feel like it's a misunderstanding, you should at least be happy that someone's trying to follow the sunnah. Why? Because that person is far closer to guidance than the one who knows what the correct sunnah is, but they're not, they're not following it. Uh, uh, in, in some ways, you know, in, in many ways, I should say. <coughs> uh, so it's always better to know than to not know. But, you know, when you see people doing that, don't, don't freak out, don't mock it, don't make fun of them. If you feel like you can explain it to them, you know, you feel strongly one way or the other, you can explain You go, go ahead and knock yourself out. If they don't accept it and then they yell back at you, yeah, that's your bad. You should have just stayed quiet. But, uh, 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 but the point is, is this is that, uh, 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 that, that this sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, uh, it's an it's it's an important sunnah and people should follow it and uh, not not uh, look down on others for for following the sunnah because that's 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 in and of itself a, 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 an indispensable part of the tariqah. I mean, this is one of the things a person may do something in their practice of the deen for years out of sincerity and co- conviction and and uh, 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 their <coughs> desire to follow the sunnah and to please Allah Ta'ala and they find out later on that it was actually wrong. Um, don't feel like when you do that that it's a waste. It's a waste of time or it's a waste of effort. Obviously a person should strive to find out what's right. And this is a, a good lesson for a person that you, if you don't, you may end up you know, doing something uh, that's not all that useful for you. But don't feel like it's a complete waste. If you didn't know any better, don't feel like it's a complete waste. All of it is registered with Allah Ta'ala. Uh, Sheikh Mawlana Zakaria Rahimullah Ta'ala also writes, the, you know, these are the things that in his autobiography, um, uh, which is published in, in English. It's like not, you know, some of the subcontinent translations are pretty bad, but this one's all right. It's not perfect. But, you know, if a person wants to get the khair from it, you can. Un- it's understandable, it's not atrocious. Um, so you can get it for whatever reason. It could use some help. Uh, the title of it is Abiti, which is just a, you know, which is just a Urdu expression meaning autobiography. Uh, but uh, so they didn't bother translating the name of the the, the the the. It's not even really the name of the autobiography. It's just a word for autobiography. Now it's become the name of the book in English because we don't use that word anymore. But Khair, um he also mentions another uh, uh, another anecdote story. Who knows if it's true or not? It's more meant for, uh, you know, meant to be a teaching lesson. But he mentions the expression that that a person who's sincere and they're seeking knowledge, um, if they are sincere enough, Allah will make a, a sheikh for them. And if a person is sincere, even after twenty years of of uh, uh, of, uh, uh, of of taking the path, if they find out that their sheikh is a is a thief, 
you know it's not a, it's still not a waste why because the sheikh's uh, insincerity and connivingness and treachery that's his own account uh, that doesn't allah ta'ala doesn't distract for, or detract from your sincerity in that obviously it doesn't mean like you know put your uh, your blinders on and follow your sheikh even if he's doing crazy things <laughs> in fact please don't so if you notice you know that Sheikh Saab has like a proclivity for haram stuff, then uh, you, you may want to move on. But, uh, you know, some people, they get frustrated with that type of stuff that they find out, you know, that the Sheikh wasn't who they thought he was. They find everybody's a human being. Nobody's perfect after the Prophet Some of the stuff people do is excusable like that. Some of it's not even excusable like that. But whatever the case is, if you find out afterward, Shaitan will move into that gap and, you know, try to try to tell you, oh, this is all a waste of time. It's all fake. In fact, the whole, whole deen was fake. The whole deen may be a waste of time. That's all shaitan. If you did it with sincerity, it's all, it's all preserved. It's mahfuz. It's protected with Allah Ta'ala. It's not going to go anywhere. So don't, uh, don't, don't, don't let that, uh, that thought enter into your, into your mind. The importance is the sincerity. If you're sincere, all of it will work out. If your ilm is wrong, Allah will teach you what the correct ilm is at some point. The problem is if you're insincere and you even know the right thing, you're complete. Like there's no like... There's no game plan for making that better other than going through the path of sincerity. Whereas if you have sincerity, Allah Ta'ala will work out stuff for you. وَعَنِ النُّعْمَانِ بْنِ بَشِيرٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَىٰ عَنْهُ قَالَ سَمِعْتُ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ يَقُولُ لَتُسَوُّنَّ سُفُوفَكُمْ اللَّهُ Baina wujuhikum muttafaqun alayhi wa fi riwayatin li muslimin anna rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana yusawwi sufufana hatta ka'annama yusawwi biha al-qidaha hatta ra'a anna qad aqalna anhu thumma kharaja yawman faqama hatta kada yukabbiru faraa rajulan badiyan sadruhu min al-safi faqala ibadallahi uh, Sayyidina Nu'man ibn Bashir anhu narrates a hadith both of Bukhari and Muslim that I heard the Messenger of Allah وسلم, say that uh, uh, you will either you will either uh, uh, straighten uh, your rows or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will uh, 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 will will make uh, discord cause discord between your faces. Discord between your faces here uh, can mean a number of things. Obviously, the literal meaning is that your faces won't be in line in the salat. The word wajh over here, also one of the meanings of wajh in Arabic is honor. Uh, uh, that your uh, you know what makes one person successful. Uh, uh, if everybody's on the same page, if what makes one per- person successful makes everybody successful, then people will work together. And if people are uh, on divergent paths, then the the their gathering, their 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 jamia is going to break apart. Uh, and so and so that's one of the one of the possible meanings. Some of the ulama men- mentioned that this is uh, also that the curse, like it's it's a type of curse. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will turn what's, because your face is your front and uh, uh, what's behind you is behind you. So Allah ta'ala making discord or deharmonizing uh, your faces means that what? That, that you won't be able to tell the difference between front and back or that your, 
uh, what's front for one person will be back for another. Uh, and so this is what, this is the, the incorrectly uh, uh, standing jama'ah. Uh, this is in the spiritual realm a cause of fractiousness between people and a cause of discord between people. Wallahu alam. Uh, so uh, 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 we have in the previous, one of the previous riwayat that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that <coughs> if your roles are not straight, Allah ta'ala will mis- cause your hearts to go out of alignment in here. The, the expression is to cause your faces to go out of, out of alignment, uh, which again has a literal meaning and there's deeper meaning behind it as well. وعن البراء ابن عازب رضي الله تعالى عنه. So sorry, before we get to the next hadith, so the narration of Muslim has uh, uh, some extra wording, right? So this hadith is within a context. So the narration of, uh, that that's that's given from Muslim, although both Bukhari and Muslim narrate the hadith, but Sahih Muslim its narration gives the context for the hadith that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said uh, Nu'man ibn Bashir said that he used to. He used to himself before the prayer would start. He'd walk through the rows, make sure that all of them are, <coughs> all of them are straight. Uh, until such a time came that he felt like we understood and we would just do it ourselves. Every time he would check, they would be straight anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would straighten out the rows. Annama yusawi biha al qidah. Uh, 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 that uh, he would make them so straight that they would be straight like the shaft of an arrow. Qidah uh, is the uh, is a, 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 a word meaning the shaft of the arrow, and it's the jama of qidah with a, a, a kasra and the qaf and a sukun on the 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 dal. Um, and so obviously, like an arrow has to be straight. If the arrow is crooked, it's not going to hit its target. It's not going to hit its mark. So an arrow maker. You know what an arrow maker is? What the English word for arrow maker is? Abdullah, do you know? Maryam and Aisha, if I tell you, will you remember? Do you know? It's called a Fletcher. You probably heard that name before, right? So like people have the name now, but they don't make arrows anymore because if you make arrows for a living, you're going to starve to death. So uh, uh, um, like Easton, like the same people who make like aluminum bats now, they make the aluminum arrows for the, for the composite bows. Not the composite, but the <coughs> compound bows. But uh, uh, an aluminum arrow is completely worthless because for, uh, old, for old, the old types of bows because the, the wood has a flexibility in it. And it's really interesting if you go like on YouTube, instead of watching cat videos, um, you know, you can, you can go on YouTube. They have, they show like in slow motion when the arrow sh- is, is being shot, that the, the, the wood actually like literally twists around the, the, the belly of the bow and it straightens out like, and it fishtails and it straightens out when it, when, it, when, it, when it shoots, which is a really weird, it's really weird. One would think it should actually fly off to an angle, but the flexibility in the, and the arrow is what allows that to happen. But there's, if there's any, uh, uh, which is all the more remarkable. So if there's any uh, a crookedness in the, in the arrow, um, not just in how straight it is, but also in how aligned it is with the grain of the wood itself, because it has to fishtail properly. So if you like look at a coronal section of a, like a tree trunk, right? If, if you're cutting diagonally through it and the, the arrow is straight, but it's not like the grain doesn't run all the way through, it's not going to be able to fishtail properly and, and realign itself after it's released from the, from the, from the bow. Uh, you'll have problems. But anyway, the, so, so that's a, it's a metaphor for it has to be real straight. 
you know, if a person doesn't watch the YouTube video and doesn't understand what I just said, that's fine. Uh, 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 there, there are other people who can teach you about medieval archery probably a lot better than I can. But the point, you know, this darsa is that it has to be really straight. So you straighten out the row, uh, just like uh, uh, <coughs> Fletcher is straightening the shaft of the, the arrow. Um, then uh, 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 um, uh, he did that until it seemed like we understood. We got, got the lesson. Then one day uh, when he uh, came out, uh, 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 he looked uh, at the rows and he saw one person that their, their chest was out, out of line. Like obviously out of line. And then uh, what did he say? He said, uh, uh, oh, slaves of Allah. Obviously he's talking to one guy. But uh, he wasn't quick to call people out. If it was possible, you know, sometimes some people need to get called out. So I'm not going to be, there's like a extreme, right? Some people like, oh, call out culture is toxic. But some people get, need to get called out sometimes. But if a person doesn't need to get called out, the sunnah is not to call them out. And there's a good reason for that. Because the, the, the wound that the nafs takes when it gets called out, it doesn't recover quickly. Uh, and the amount of problem that's caused by that um, uh, it has to be outweighed by a greater need to call the person out. And if in doubt, remember the, what the hilm is, that a person should take time and make mashra. If they're in doubt, don't do it. Uh, so generally speaking, even though sometimes we relish in, in calling people out, uh, uh, but that's, it's not a good thing. <coughs> so he said what? He said, oh, slaves of Allah, worshippers of Allah, uh, 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 um, uh, you will either straighten your... You'll either straighten your rows or Allah Ta'ala will cause discord between your, your faces. وكان يقول صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الملائكة يصلون على الصفوف الأول رواه أبو داود بإسناد حسن سيدنا البراء ابن عازب رضي الله تعالى عنه narrates that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he used to uh, walk between our our ranks from one side of the masjid to the other side of the masjid and he would like stick his hand out walk in a straight line and brush our chests or brush our shoulders just to make sure that chests from the front and shoulders from the back just to make sure that the 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 rows are are, are straight and then he and while doing so he would say don't uh, don't be out of alignment otherwise your hearts will go out of al alignment uh, as a consequence right uh, uh, that if you're if you're standing out of alignment the consequence of that will be the 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 the, uh, the hearts will be out of alignment, um, and he used to say when doing that also that the angels send the send blessings down on the the the, the first rows, on the first rows, and so this is another <laughs> another thing we were mentioning right that the 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 blessings of the angels the prayers of the angels they're answered they have no sins to obstruct the the dua Allah Ta'ala created them to make these duas, and he uh, the fact that they're making them is, means that they're going to be accepted. And so that those blessings, they come down on the, the, the first rows. So, um, you know, uh, I, you know, people are oftentimes negative, like, oh, look, the Ummah is in such a horrible situation and this and that and whatever, which is kind of, you know, it's true in many ways. And there's like high levels of bogusness in this situation for like a lot of people. But there are some, there's some silver lining, 
you know? Um, like for me, I get to be Molana Saab. Why? Because all those people who have like, you know, phenomenal memories and like are really hyper intelligent, they're all making money becoming doctors and lawyers and crooked politicians and whatever. Nobody cares to be, uh, to, to, to do this work anymore. So Alhamdulillah, mashallah, I get to sit on the masjid now. I'm not going to complain about it. Well, good news for all of us. There are there there was a time in the ummah where people used to be, you know, they literally would wait for one salat to the other salat if they had free time. That's what they would do on their off days. It's difficult to get in the first row, right? So my father-in-law, he's visiting from Pakistan. The Masjid Khair al-Amal getting into the first row over there, you have to have some mafia connection to get into the first row. <laughs> I swear to God, I'd show up like an hour early for salat and then there's just these guys who are just like the first row, like land mafia. Love or money, you cannot get into that first row, Right? Uh, forget about Ramadan. Ramadan, you cannot even get into the building. Like you have to pray outside in the outside sufuf, right? You can't even get into the building during Ramadan. Uh, uh, much less the first. I don't even know how anyone gets to the first row. There must be some people making it to like the whole month there, or for like large parts of it, because it's not. Uh, <coughs> it's not. Uh, it's not something that's that's easy, right? And so that's not like in the past. That's even nowadays. But in other places where people seem to care more about salat than they do over here. Whereas here, mashallah, like literally you can come halfway in the middle of the khutbah and jama'ah and still get in the first row. So good for you, just show up on time to stuff. And you're in. Uh, and uh, uh, don't let the fact that it's easy to do be a, a, a distraction from the amount of reward that's there and the, 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 the blessing that's there in uh, uh, in. in, in in those places the fact that other people are not trying to get it it's like the marketplace you buy low sell high if the price of something really high quality has become cheap that means you should buy more of it <coughs> because when it's expensive then it's very difficult nobody can afford it uh, uh so that's uh, that's a that's a kind of like a silver lining for uh being alive in a corrupt age and amongst the corrupt people mashallah Allah Ta'ala, uh, you know, we're corrupt too. We're not looking down on nobody. I don't know. You guys you guys are upright people. I'm a crap dude. So you make dua for me if you guys are upright people. But like, you know, that's that's a that's a benefit that we have. That the salat, some people, the only thing they get out of their salat is the fact that they won't be punished for missing it. But then there are certain people also, that the, 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 the well goes very deep, that they, they draw from the, 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 the depth of the well and they get something more than other people do. This is something that... that uh, the Shaykh Muhammad Hassan Wild Dadu, Allah Ta'ala Yahfaduhu, from all of his Hasidin and from all of the haters, uh, people, people like that, Allah Ta'ala, uh, uh, you know, uh, their maqam is so high, he made haters for them just so that they just get more reward, mashallah. People, stupid people say dumb things about people like that, just so that they, they receive more reward and just so that they can resemble the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam. Allah Ta'ala created Abu Lahab and Abu Jahl for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and all they do is increase his greatness uh, in the eyes of, of, of posterity. Uh, 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 so anyway, uh, Shaykh, he said, you know, they talk garbage about him and he doesn't care. He just keeps teaching the ilm. He doesn't care about their politics or why they're, you know, geo whatever strategic reason why that they're hating on, on him instead of somebody else. They don't care. He doesn't care. He just keeps teaching the deen. He doesn't, he doesn't, uh, uh, you know, get it, go into the political arena to, you know, one up them. So he, uh, uh, he mentioned this <coughs> in a dars that, uh, um, so for those who don't know him, he's one of the Mauritanian ulama. He's from the same tribe as Murabit rahimahullah ta'ala and from our, our mashayikh. Um, and uh, um, although he's a bit more, he's seen the world and things like that. So he's like, he gives bayan like machine. Like he'll give bayan for like two hours straight without blinking almost, you know. And it'll be in f perfect fusha without missing a, a grammatical case ending. 
Um, and oftentimes he'll even like you'll notice you look at the camera closely. He'll read a hadith and he'll cry, but he won't stop, and he won't uh, his voice won't change, and uh, uh, he definitely will not like make any grammatical mistake that I can catch. Uh, uh, despite being, you know, mashallah, our Arab brothers, uh, you know, thinking of us as grammar Nazis, mashallah. Uh, and he'll quote, uh, large parts of his uh, uh, talks will just be f quoting books from memory. Uh, or quoting the, the, the you know, uh, verse or poetry in Arabic from memory. And he doesn't even slow down. I mean, it's, it's really like, it's like a freak of nature level of like display uh, of, the, of the, our aslaf, of how the ulama used to be in this ummah. Uh, my sheikh that I read fiqh from said that he, uh, um, that his particular branch of the family, um, they're, they're well known that they, they have a, a sanad for the, for the musnad of Imam Ahmad, which is like about four times longer than all the sihasita put together. It's like, it's a really long book, mashallah. And they have a sanad, not just a sanad for it, but like meaning they carried in memory. So he, <coughs> he mentioned this in, in a short dars that he had, that he said, our elders and our mashaykh, Obviously, when the brothers, you know, the Jamaat uncles say this type of stuff, you can take it with a grain of salt. But when a muhaqqiq alim says this, you know, it means something different. So he says that our elders, they used to always remind us and tell us that from the sign that one of the signs that the prayer, prayer is accepted is that a person will sit after the prayer and say all their adhkar and make their dua. You know, the fact that a person gets up and bolts, it's a sign perhaps that the prayer was not accepted or was not as fulfilling as it was supposed to be. <coughs> So from the signs that the prayers are accepted is that a person will sit and, and, and make dhikr. And he said this is corroborated by the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that, that, that uh, the person who sits in their place and doesn't get up and leave after the prayer um, and why would you sit there, right? You're, you're making your, your dhikr and dua and things like that, right? The person who sits in their place and doesn't just bolt after the, the salat, as long as they're sitting there, the angels will pray for them, Allahumma firlahu, Allahumma arhamhu, or Allah, uh, forgive, forgive him, Allah have mercy on him. And so he says that the fact that you're sitting there uh, receiving the blessings from the, the prayers of the angels, uh, it, 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 it's a sign, A, that the, they, they wouldn't make dua for you if it wasn't accepted, and B, uh, it's a sign that you're getting more mileage out of your, your salat. Uh, and so uh, uh, this is the same thing, the same issue with the, the, the sufuf al-uwal, the, the, first, the first rows. It's not even just the first row, it's like, you know, the, 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 the first rows of the masjid. That the fact that it's easy means we should do it. We should put in a little bit of effort and go ahead and cash in on that, uh, because there are places in this in this world right now that it's not so easy. And for majority of the history of Islam, it wasn't so easy. And if uh, uh, you know if our qom is missing out, you know, too bad for them. We'll make dua inshallah that they uh, stop missing out. But in the meanwhile, you know, we shouldn't stop ourselves from cashing in on that. On Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiAllahu taala anhu anhuma. أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال أقيم الصفوف وحاذو بين المناكب وسد الخلل ولينوا بأيدي إخوانكم ولا تذروا فروجات فروجات للشيطان ومن وصل صفا وصله الله ومن قطع صفا قطعه الله رواه أبو داود بإسناد صحيح that سيدنا عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنهما he narrates, uh, uh, he narrates that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, uh, straighten, your, straighten your rows and uh, uh, be uh, uh, equal or uh, uh, what you call aligned 
uh, and touching uh, between your shoulders and uh, close the gaps uh, and when you take your brother by the hand take his hand softly don't just yank them into the row or yank them closer to you like be gentle about it don't be a jerk so linu uh, do so with with you know do so with happiness it shouldn't be uh you shouldn't be uh, uh <coughs> you shouldn't scare them uh or upset them by doing so but you should be you should be pleasant you should do so with a soft hand uh, and this is this is important as well uh when when rectifying the ahwal of the ummah that you should do so softly there is a great amount of investment that the people of Batil has put in uh, not, not, not only from the kuffar but also from uh, the people in the Muslim world as well who outwardly look like one of us but their hearts are somewhere else there's a great deal of investment put in by Batil in order to make the, the, the form of a Muslim in particular the form of in general the form of a Muslim and in particular the form of the sunnah like something that scares people and this is a strange tribulation to be in that people should be afraid of or apprehensive of the only thing that can that can save them. Uh, so we should, you know, we should ourselves be cognizant of that when we talk to other people. Um, that you know, some people you'll never be able to pre please them. You can hand them a, a Snickers bar and they're still gonna find fault with you. But uh, you know, so forget about those people. Those people are haters. Don't worry about them. But the average person, um, at least your conduct should be that if a normal person, you know, you were to interact with them, that they should find the interaction to be positive. The best way of doing that is to start with being nice to kids. Because <coughs> it's much easier to uh, make something correct in the first place than to try to dislodge incorrectness out of uh, something that's been made uh, wrong. So he says, وَلِّينُوا بِأَيْدِي إِخْوَانِكُمْ It's a sunnah that you should, when you take your, the hand of your brother to close the gap or to pull them forward in the rank, then, uh, 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 then do so with a soft hand and do so softly. Uh, but at the same time, don't leave gaps uh, for shaitan. Meaning what? That when there's gaps between people in the masjid, this is uh, uh, this is a, uh, a a place for shaitan to mess with and to interrupt and to block the flow of the the anwar and fuyud of the of the salat. Uh, um, so don't leave those those gaps for for the shaitan. And the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, whoever connects a a a, a, a row. Allah Ta'ala uh, connects with that person and whoever cuts off a row, Allah Ta'ala cuts that person off. This can be understood either as a, uh, as a statement of fact uh, from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and or uh, as a dua. So this is another strange thing I see in certain masajid where people are too lazy, they're in a row and the row in front of them is not complete. This is one of the meanings of cutting a row. One of the meanings of cutting a row is that there's a gap inside the row and you don't close it. The row gets cut off in the middle. And another one is that there's a, there's a place in the row in front of you and people from the back don't want to go. Uh, I gave uh, Jumu'ah in a place, not this Friday, but the week before that. And literally, I, I mean, I just stood there for like two minutes waiting for the lazy people in the back to move. And I get the fact that you have to go back to work and whatever after Jumu'ah. It's great. It's wonderful. Just finish the, 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 the front row. Is it worth getting cut off by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is it worth being uh, the person, the Prophet sallallahu who's the rahmah lil alameen, uh, that, that their dua should be against you, that his dua should be against you sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And who would not want to uh, have their connection kept with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Keep your connection with him in this world. 
right? This is sila is like the same word that you use for keeping good relations with your family members. Keep good relations with Allah Ta'ala in this world so that on the day that, you, you know, obviously we need him in every instant, every moment, but on the day that at least you and I will be most cognizant of our need of him, which is the day of judgment, that day he'll also, you know, keep good relations with us. Uh, 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 and who cares what other people do or say or think? Who cares? Just go. If some masajid, we ask Allah for protection. It's really egregious, like the level of uh, laziness people have in finishing the, 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 the sufuf in front. If you can swan past half the masjid to get to the first row or to the second row, do it without any shame. No shame in front of the people if it involves doing something shameful in front of Allah Ta'ala. Right? You should have shame, like, you know, don't rob a liquor store. You should be ashamed of yourself. Or don't walk around in the streets, you know, buck naked or like, you know, you know, urinate on like the side of a wall or something like that. Uh, uh, don't do those types of things. You know, don't spit whatever, chewing tobacco on, you know, on people's like on people's cars. Those things be ashamed of. Those. This is not something to be ashamed of. If you can swan past half the masjid, you know, why should any of you, any of us be uh, uh, upset that Allah Ta'ala chose us to, despite our lack of effort that we should, have such an honored place in his house? Uh, so one should be <coughs> one should be very uh, happy to to take their place, even if other people don't. This is a very like this is a very basic type of this is a very basic type of uh, uh, char characteristic and quality a person needs to have in order to be spiritually successful in the deen, which is not really caring about what other people think. You shouldn't purposely going and go around and antagonize people, but when it comes to the haq, you don't need to care what other people think. Sahaba radiallahu anhum were totally like that. They were totally like that. The, the, the sunnahs that you and I consider insignificant, they wouldn't leave them in order to make other people happy. It's mahfud from a number of sahaba radiallahu anhum that when told that don't do this in front of so-and-so people, he said, should I leave the sunnah of my beloved one sallallahu alayhi wasallam for these idiots? Right? Uh, they, they, they didn't care. We would find it tact, tactless, but uh, you know, what's more tactless, being tactless with the creation or being tactless with the creator? Uh, so uh, until you are able to make that choice, right? If they're both in the same line, good, alhamdulillah. And if you can make both of them happy, go for it. But if you ever come to a place that you have to choose one or the other, really uh, uh, train ourselves. Why? That we, we should train ourselves so that the choice is like a no-brainer. We don't have to blink when we make that choice. Why? Because ultimately that choice will come to you at the time of death. People don't know what ahwal people go through at the time of death. When you're dying, parts of the unseen start opening up in front of you, right? You'll, you know, many of us may actually meet shaitan at that time. Who will come to you in whatever shaitanic form he comes. Some people to scare them, some people to strike a deal with them, some people in order to impress them, some people to be smooth with them. And he'll say something stupid to you. This is something that, that, that it's also, it's also uh, uh, recorded in the Athar that shaitan will come to people say, oh, look how great the, 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 the Nasara are. Look, you know, they teach God is love. He's this, he's that, the other thing. Look how great the Yehud are, how much they've done this achievement and that achievement. Great, mashallah, Nasara and Yehud have their achievements and they also have other things. They account for all of them separately on the Day of Judgment. He'll come to you and try to convince you that muta'ala deen al-Yehud wa muta'ala deen al-Nasara you know, accept the <coughs> die on the deen of the Yehud or on the Nasara or this or that or the other thing. He'll try to make a bargain with you at the at the other, uh, you know, at the you know at at that time. If you're the type of person, there's some people they're like, oh look, you know, 
there's a Gora standing here, so I'm not going to like pray Asr, you know, I'm not going to be rude and interrupt my thing. And the time for Asr leaves and it's like Maghrib time now. If you don't have that much inside of you that you can be like, look, I got to pray right now. It was nice talking to you. You can either wait 15 minutes or if you have to move along, you can move along. You know, we can talk some other time later, right? If you don't have that much in front of you to do that, what do you think when shaitan comes to you at the, at the time your, your soul is leaving? You're going to all of a sudden get like real courageous or whatever. The dude you're afraid to like, you know, cause a problem with, he's oblivious to what your hal is and he doesn't care. Shaitan knows what's, you know, courses through you like the blood flows through your veins. He'll say exactly the thing to make you feel uncomfortable at that time. Uh, and so, uh, and some people, the shaitan is like in a worse form than the shaitan himself, right? What's his name? Abu Talib is dying. And the Prophet ﷺ asks him, give me one word that, that will be your uh, najat, that will be your salvation. I can, I can use it to uh, earn your salvation on the day of judgment. Meaning, say la ilaha illallah. And what? His own, like his own cousins are there. Abu Jahl is there. He's like, ha, look at you. You're going to say la ilaha illallah right now? And then all the Arabs are going to say, all the Arabs are going to say, Abu Talib only said it before he died because he was afraid of death. Which, you know, from a Jahili point of view, is like, you know, it's a, it's a problem, right? It's like a thing that would cause a person pause. The problem is this is, you know, Abu Talib was a pretty, like, not as a Muslim, but for the standards of the Arabs, he was a very pious man. And he was a man who, uh, you know, like, he would give everyone their haq and he would care for people. And he, I mean, he was a person of good akhlaq, right? The problem is that he wasn't ready for this issue. The thing came time of death and it cheated him from, from, from entering Islam at that time. And so which one of you is going to be like, you know, like in that situation when you're, when you're posed with that, that choice, except for the one who trains for it, practices for it, is going to be able to weasel out of that and just be like, you know what? No. Let the Arabs, all of them laugh at me. One from the last one, so much so to the point that everyone who ever even set eyes on falafel, shawarma, and hummus until the yawm al-qiyamah, let them all laugh at me. If Allah is happy with me, I'm fine. <coughs> they can go eat their horses as far as I, I care, you know? That's that's where you have to uh, that's where you have to uh, you have to be. Those are the only people who will make it. Otherwise, the people who cannot uh, who cannot do that much, you know, this is a possibility. You won't, you know, all of this will be in vanity. Allah Taala protect us and make it easy and spare us that we don't even have to see shaitan at that time or at any time before uh, or really after for for, for that matter. Wa sallallahu taala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.